Hey guys, uh, it's Gabe back with another pod. Okay, um, so first things first is um, I haven't been getting like a lot of listens or whatever on our episodes. So if you guys could share like with your friends and stuff, I would really, really appreciate it. Uh, okay, so topic of today's episode is being yourself. And it's like, you know, well, aren't I always being myself? And like, yeah, for sure. Um, but, uh, sorry, I, sorry, I'm reading these off of paper. (laughs) Uh, okay. Um, but it's like being yourself is not like not changing yourself to like impress someone else, you know? Cause like, um, like, uh, uh, you, you could be the most popular kid at school or you like, or, you know, like, uh, have the hottest boyfriend or whatever um but like what's the point if you're not being yourself and it's like being yourself can be hard and like the hard part about being yourself is that it's not always easy because you know like people can like um like make fun of you or something dumb because like people suck and evil people exist um okay so yeah i hope to like uh i i hope to um uh basically you know like be yourself or whatever uh what other people think about you and just like you know just ignore them if they're being mean to you about it uh okay so thank you for listening to this pod i hope some of you guys found it helpful and um make sure to uh subscribe to my channel uh and um yeah thank you for listening gucci Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. You can't handle the truth. King Kong ain't got shit on me. I am am so much crazier. I am the one who knocks. Go ahead. Make my day. Best day, big boy, huh? That's bright. Everybody on? Good. Great. Going well. Mm. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Facing Off. My name is Nick. This is Gabe. We have a special guest. Her name is Layla. And what we do here is pretty baller. Uh, it's very anarchist. And um, <laughs> we compare, contrast, rate, and review two movies with some sort of similar common thread. Today's movies are Eighth Grade and Lady Bird. Um, Gabe, how are you? I'm doing all right. Uh, super okay, excited cool. Layla, to have how Layla are you? on the podcast. <laughs> uh, she's one of my friends from back home uh, in Los Gatos, but she's hailing from Chicago right now. Uh, Chi Town, the Wind talk City. Some, talk some, Layla. What's up? Talk some. Tell the people who you are. I'm Layla. I'm so excited to be here. This is like hands down my favorite podcast on the planet, and I'm 100%. Whoa. It is. Suck it really on that, is. rewatchables. It truly is. I, we know how up. I feel about the rewatchables these days. Yeah, so, sure. um, Speaking yeah, of rewatchables, I... this is the second time we're recording this. Yeah, <laughs> we'll admit now, we, uh, I uh, reached through the computer to Chicago, spilled my drink all over Layla's computer. Uh, Layla, in turn, um, uh, threw a can of beans through the computer, went into Nick's face. He got a bloody eye. Um, this is like a Rube Goldberg <laughs> machine of 
we all messed up and we're re-recording and it's going to be really fun and we're going to reference our other recording a lot because that's how we do um but anyways, Layla, you were talking about how much you love our podcast yeah, and how I do. you're excited to be on. Please continue. 100%. Please continue. I am 100% your guys' biggest fan. I'm so excited to be Suck here. Suck on that, mom. <laughs> um, well, I, I, I literally keep forgetting this. You guys are were the facers, right? You guys have a new name. Oh, you freaking facers. Name. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for introducing it. We put out a poll. We asked what you guys wanted to be called. The majority, the vast majority of you wanted to be called facers uh a small minority number absolutely hated the name facers they won't refer to themselves as facers and they're going to be mad if i call them freaking facers but you can call yourself whatever you want and form your own little clubs and maybe you're going to like make like a facebook group and privately talk about how much you love this show or hate it that's fine with us true that Um, but thank you for coming on our number one facer Woo. Yeah, I'm so happy to be here. Gabe and I have been talking about movies together since oh, freaking forever. Every, every, every day. day since high school. So I am. It's a pleasure. I'm so happy to be here. It's uh, it's an honor. Uh, but let's do this. I'm excited. Let's yeah. Do, this, do you want to shout anyone out? Hundred percent. I think you mentioned like your cousin yes. or something last time. No, I mentioned my coworker Esther. Um, she is watching eighth grade with her. I messed up the age last time. Actually, she's 13 now, so it's very applicable. Oh, because so she's, it's okay. Yeah. It was it was 12 at first, and I was worried <laughs> yeah. about swearing. But 13 is totally okay. Um, it was a dozen before. So Make they're gonna before. they're gonna watch eighth grade and what are their names? This. Well, Esther and Annie. Um, Esther so, and Annie, welcome. Welcome. Well, sound like uh, the names you give to like bunnies. Yeah. <laughs> well, Esther's from. What's England. up? Are you bunnies? She's English, so. <laughs> oh. Um, yeah, uh, and then all cheers. the all the LG friends, obviously, <clears throat> all the friends we grew up with. Some that oh, know yeah. Gabe actually are gonna totally check in and listen to this. Um, oh, I so love shout it. out to all of them, and yeah, Hi, I'm gonna make everyone listen to this. So don't and worry. And you chose our two movies for today, as is customary typically with our yeah. guests. Why did you choose these two movies? Um, I mean. I'm a woman, and these are about female coming of age stories. I don't know. That's is that cliche, but it's the truth. I love Lady Bird because I identify with it as a woman. And Eighth Grade is one of the first movies I've ever seen in my life that has perfectly exemplified what it's like to be young and have anxiety and never get over that anxiety and continue yeah. to have it throughout your life. So, just two movies well, that so. hit home real hard. Hit real hard. Yeah. Very well, well, Nick, said. why well, don't you tell us what these movies are about? Yeah, absolutely. Eighth Grade is the story of Kayla Day, who is a vlogging young loner who means well, but is just socially not really cutting it. Um, in her last week of middle school, Kayla decides to try and make some more friends, starts to hang out with her high school mentor, Olivia, and Olivia's high school friends. Uh, and after an entirely inappropriate encounter with one of Olivia's male friends, uh, Kayla turns to her Uh, almost equally awkward single father for support. Kayla's dad is a really good guy and cheers her up as he encourages Kayla to be herself, embrace the things that make her unique, including her anxiety, Mm -hmm. and seek out friends that lift her up rather than those who seek to exploit her and who are unable to see why she is truly the coolest kid around. She's so dope. She's really cool. I mean, not really, but yeah. No. (gasps) She will be. Being yourself is cool, man. Yeah, I guess. Just missing, cool, missing the entire you. point of the movie. <laughs> yeah. uh, Lady Bird. It went over my head. <laughs> Lady Bird <laughs> is the story of Christine Lady Bird McPherson, a high school rebel living in Sacramento with her mother, father, adopted brother, and his girlfriend. 
Shelly. What <laughs> is my name? <laughs> uh, Ladybird's mother is a headstrong, pull yourself up from your bootstrap sort of realist and a nurse. Ladybird is re- uh, rebellious. I almost said religious. She is not religious, but she does go to a Catholic school. She is uh, rebellious, but uncomplicated, naive, but street smart, intelligent, but not necessarily book smart, and determined as hell to go to college outside of the Sacramento bubble. Her mom is not having that, but her father agrees to help her apply secretly for financial aid in hopes of getting into college on the East Coast. Ladybird's first boyfriend turns out to be homosexual, and Ladybird and her best friend Julie find that little bit of info out when they walk in on him making out with um, one of the co-stars of the school play they're all in. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ladybird then finds herself infatuated with a boy named Kyle, who is a deadpan conspiracy theorist, played by Timothy Chalamet. That's hella tight. And who reads <laughs> books instead of partying with other kids and definitely lies to Ladybird about being a virgin. Ladybird is understandably hurt when she loses her virginity to Kyle and learns that he did not lose his virginity to her. She still goes to prom with Kyle and the cool kids that she's fallen in with, but realizes that she needs to embrace who she is embrace her family dynamic, and embrace the people who really care for her. She rekindles her friendship with Julie and learns she got into NYU, but her mother is extremely unhappy when she learns the news. Ladybird leaves for New York, makes some bad drinking choices, and the movie ends as Ladybird embraces her real name, Christine, and seems to come to the realization that her family means more to her than anything else, and maybe her mom is just, like, so difficult because, like, she wants, like, the best for, like, her daughter. Yeah. Whoa. Wow, thank you for those synopses. I, that's a more complicated film than I remembered. Uh, but you just watched it a few days ago. I that's true. Um, so uh, yeah, we, I mean, besides what Layla was talking about with the through line of these being coming of age stories about two young women in the United States, uh, I think that the other like through lines with these are that they're both ba- made by A twenty four, which is absolutely killing it in the indie scene. Crush. Um, both made by. People with comedic leaning backgrounds, so Bo Burnham, stand-up comedian, and Greta Gerwig, who is a, mainly a comedic actress before and writer. Can I ask a question? Uh, was Greta a director prior to this? Did she direct prior to no, Lady Bird? No, I think this is no. This is her first. So both movie. of them. This like, is first-time directors. Yeah. 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 But uh, she's already followed it up with that. another banger of sorts. But, anyways, uh, unless you guys have other through lines that that need to be discussed now why don't we break these down yeah we're gonna use the five yeah we're gonna use the five (laughs) that's a cool name the five is our uh, category based system where we take five different categories that we think perfectly encapsulate what makes a movie good or bad and we rate each of those five categories on a scale of one to seven the scale Mm-hmm. If you will, <laughs> so original. Uh, one being lowest, seven being highest, four being average, neutral, middle, in between. I am going to change up the order to fuck Ooh. with you guys a little bit, so that it's not us rehashing the same stuff. Really? Um, let us. I just love that you thought that the five was creative and literally just <laughs> so counted the number of. It's categories. like five. It's like chewing five gum. You know those commercials which, where they're like really intense. Iteration of. Chewing five gum. The it's one like where the, the guy one is the laying ice, on the, the ice oh, room. One. Yeah, that one's really cool. With I like the, the one where he's laying on the speakers. And yeah, like, I thought those were the same thing. No. Felt the same. Let's start with originality. Originality is a category in which we talk about how creative the movie was, how it stood out, um, whether it needed to be made, uh, 
And uh, with high school and middle school, or like any coming-of-age story, I kind of like to talk about how believable the surroundings were and how accurate it is to our own upbringings or upbringings that we've seen from other people. So let's start with Ladybird originality. Nick, why don't you kick us off? Uh, I am just going to kick us off with both because I gave both of these Fuck. sevens. You just don't listen to me. Uh, yeah, okay. Sevens. Oh, interesting. <laughs> I don't listen to anybody. Um, that's not true. I'm actually, I'm like literally a Who are you, my mom? Okay, why did you give them, <laughs> se- or why did you give Ladybird a seven? I gave Ladybird a seven because um, I think it's a super original screenplay. Like, I think it's a really awesome coming of age story. And I mean, it was, was it, I think it was nominated for best original screenplay. Yeah. Was it not? Um, I just think that yes, ma'am. it's it's like a perfect blend of, of drama and comedy. It's got heart and soul. It propels a ton of artists into a spotlight that um, they may not have had if not for the success of Lady Bird. Uh, and it kind of represents the type of both of these really represent screenplays that I would love to see more of in in Hollywood, which is like this blend of comedy and drama written by someone who is supremely talented like Greta Gerwig and and Bo Burnham both are. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. That's nice. Uh, What about you, Layla? Uh, I gave it a six um, Mm -hmm. for a lot of the reasons that were just said, but I mean, it's it's Greta's story. If we're just speaking to literal originality, this is this is someone's personal experience. It's her telling of how she saw her own story growing up in Sacramento. So that's incredibly original. The way she does it is also very original to me as well. Um, but the only reason I didn't give it a seven is because I still do think Lady Bird follows a lot of the same tropes that we have seen in high school films throughout time. Like we've always seen some of these same characters, like the the men that she goes through in her senior year of high school. We've seen some versions of those in a lot of other teenage films. Um, and t- don't get me wrong, it's her story. You can't necessarily take that out of it, right? Like that's just her experience. But um, it takes a tiny bit away from the originality because I've seen those tropes before written. I guess her um, love interests are sort of clueless-esque, huh? Well, I think that's just boys. <laughs> we're, we're yeah, there's only two dumb. different kinds of boys. They're either too cool for school or gay. Yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> those are the two boys that you're talking about? Yeah, that's no, what I, I just meant like the clueless aspect of them and, and like the way that they treat girls... It, without really thinking about their feelings or how their actions would affect them or how their little talks would affect them. You know what's interesting um, that you said, Layla? So I, I didn't realize that Greta Gerwig has said repeatedly that this movie isn't autobiographical, even yeah, though I think a lot of it telling. is. It's not an exact Yeah, it's not an exact telling. telling. But She's like always- everything is based like even like a sci-fi movie uh that's written by someone is probably based on some of their life experiences yeah um and i th- would say this one a lot more so than others but she has said in other, like in some interviews that she almost thinks of it as like a diary or like an imagination version of those experiences that she's yeah. had it's like how she mm-hmm. remembers it to have come to pass right which is kind of cool because it's not verbatim it's I think we all have a certain image of how these moments in our lives happen, even if it's not reality. It's how we remember it or choose to remember it. And I kind of love that. (laughs) 
Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I gave it a six as well, just a little bit under a seven. I actually, I don't think one thing that I love about Lady Bird um, as a coming of age story, I don't think it a- actually has that many cliches of high school. I think it has realistic characters that we've seen before, but I don't think that it felt like a typical high school movie. Um, I found it to be much more honest. Um, though its honesty is a little bit more like cinematic than um, and, and maybe enhanced than eighth grade, which is like yeah. very brutally honest, which we'll get yeah. to. Um, I think it's uh, it's it's not the most unique from that year. It came out in a like a crazy year, and especially for screenplays. I mean, it went against um, Get Out and Call Me by Your Name and Phantom Thread, and there's these original stories that I. Th- think kind of blow me away and that's where i i i get a little picky when it comes to giving a seven with originality because obviously it's original it's based it's based only on her experiences really or things that she saw um and and is kind of based on her but at the same time like i i kind of appreciate more when a movie is something I just couldn't imagine anyone else doing, like a Get Out or a Parasite, or just utterly like one a, of a kind, and that's like Get yeah. Out for you, right? Like, there's no yeah. comparativeness to that. Like, there's no other film you could just put up right next to it. Exactly, and so like I and but I want to give it as much credit as possible Absolutely. without going all the way to a seven. I do want to point out one thing that I really really love is the like literal bridge between the mother and daughter that you get it when they're passing by the bridge in Sacramento, but the driving scenes especially, and and it all comes together in her letter or her uh, voicemail to her mom at the end about driving. Um, I don't, I don't know if it's a little too forceful to like just slam that on you. Um, But I do symbolism, but, but what I really like about it is that the movie actually represents two perspectives. There's the rebellious teenage girl who wants to escape. And there is the overbearing mom who isn't ready to let go. And that is the whole thing. They're the two main characters of the movie all the way through. Um, And so I really like that bridge and how it comes together. So I'm going to give it a six. Nick gave it a seven. I gave it a seven. Um, Layla gave it a six as well. Layla, um, what did you think about eighth grade in originality? I gave it a seven. Whoa. I mean, it's just incredibly original. If there were to be any specific category that's the most like spectacular about this film, it's its originality. Every every aspect of it is done differently than what I've seen before. The way it was filmed, the editing, the usage of um, like social media throughout this film, the tools I, that, that they use. That is the most original. Everything yeah. about it is, and even just the writing, like the way in which, as I said at the beginning, the way in which they chose to highlight her anxiety and not choose to find her coming out of that or blossoming out of it or anything like that. It was really just her accepting it and being happy about herself and moving forward with that. That is few and far between. I honestly can't just name a movie off the top of my head where that is a major plot storyline. So this is an incredibly original film to me. Bo did something magical here. And I hope anyone growing up that feels out of place or needs some type of understanding of where they're at in their lives at that time gets a chance to watch this movie because it is, it is pretty miraculous. So seven. I think that's true about both of the movies that it, it teaches you that it's okay to not have your shit together at that age and to not be perfect 
and to have all these flaws. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. They're both about like learning how to be yourself, and I think part of part of being yourself as someone that that like struggles with anxiety is like learning how to own your anxiety. Yeah. Bill Hader has a couple interviews that are really good because he went through therapy to to own his anxiety. His yeah, page, like, I love listening to him talk. It's like about this it. little like part of me that I'm like, mm, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> Shoot pipe down. But he has to own it. It's part of him. And and that's like a cool part of, of this movie. And and I I don't know, Bo Burnham is, is such an original comedian that I, I like had to give it a seven as well. Because like the way that he uses music, like if you've ever watched his stand up, he is like a musical stand up and mm-hmm. everything is very purposeful and choreographed and rehearsed. like he'll even like drop a water bottle uh, in his set and then a song will come on like letting you know that that was part of the act. yeah and the movie reflects that style that he has that is very unique to him um and it's cool that the movie like if you're a fan of bo burnham it's pretty hard to not be a fan of eighth grade i would think yeah um, yeah i gave it a seven as well yeah i mean so I, I do I, I agree I think it's the most accurate to school like there it's not cinematic in any way really like it's it's not really trying not to make it yeah it's just yeah. like straight up the reality of what it's it's like almost like a documentary of yeah, middle school exactly. and um, it's incredibly risky uh, in its artistic expression uh, he does a lot of things that I think a lot of directors and writers wouldn't um, e- even try to do Um I love the adults uh, trying to understand young culture. I thought that was like really a fun way of putting it in there. And, and he does it in a great way. There's that like presentation uh, about puberty and the woman's like, over the course of these next 30 minutes, we are going to explore and understand these changing bodies of yours. It's going to be lit. Um, <laughs> and then the principal like dabbing when he comes in after the superlatives. Um, you rarely see something that's like has this careful attention to detail. Yeah. And then Layla kind of touched on this, but I think that the social media aspect of this, um, a lot of movies will get like cute with social media and they'll have it flash across the screen and like, and like technologically cool ways and stuff. Yeah. Um, this one really shows how all consuming social media is. It'll literally be her entire face is covered or you'll be sucked into the phone, especially when she's like, embarrassingly throws her phone across the room and it's kind of like a surprising moment when you do that because you're sucked into the social media but then you're seeing her double tap just sadly through um through it at night i'm still gonna i'm giving it a six uh just based on the same argument i gave for labored um to be fair that like i like maybe if there was like more story to it or something i could maybe find it to be more original but i do think it stands out as not as being a movie that no one else has made or maybe will make or maybe they will be tempted to make now mm-hmm. um let's move on to our next category uh let's do actoring okay actoring is where we talk about the performances and uh how good the actors were and how believable they were but at the same time like did the writer and director um since it's just one for each of these give them the tools that they needed to uh perform at the best of their abilities uh Layla, what did you think about eighth grade actoring wise Hmm. Where did where did my actoring go for eighth grade? I gave eighth grade a five, um, and that's solely that's it's mostly based off of Elsie and um, the dad, Josh, Josh Hamilton. Hamilton. Yeah. Um, his performance. Not the baseball player. 
<laughs> very different relationship with his daughter. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, fuck. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, Josh Hamilton kills it in this movie. He he so makes good. it for me. I mean, his, his uh, comedic timing in this film is perfection, and he broke up the anxiety of the film so perfectly. Like, there were so many moments where it was just building and building and building, and I was, like, feeling it. I was feeling the anxiety, and then there would just be just the smallest moment between him and his daughter, and he would hit it so perfectly, and I just felt good again, and I felt okay again. (laughs) Like, I could continue on. I honestly think if Josh Hamilton had not done such an incredible job and Bo had not written in a character like that, it would getting through this film would not have been quite as seamless as it felt when I was watching it. Um, so that's Josh. And then Elsie is just, she's incredible. She's she's a kid who killed it. It's, it's an incredible performance. I think the only qualm that I had is that I can't go much higher than a five because she is also just a young kid and she is portraying a lot of what she is right now in real life. So I don't necessarily see... Like, I, this isn't some, like, transformative role for her where I'm like, that is the most incredible thing I've ever seen come out of someone her age. Um, but she did a great job. She did an incredible job. Um, and Bo gave her... I, I kind of go back and forth on this because I think Bo great, gave her so much great greatness in his writing. But at the same time, I'm like, I imagine she must have done a lot of that on her own. I can't imagine yeah. that he was able to, in his writing, guide her to be as awkward as she was as she right. performed. Um, or even just the amazing narrative that's happening with her YouTube videos and how she conveys herself in those videos. That has to be her. There's no way within his writing he breaks it up like that. Um, so awkwardly the way that she talks. It's there's just no way. She she incredibly carried that role on her own at such yeah. a young age. So it's a five from me. <laughs> I, I think Bo Burnham his directing and writing in this is a seven for me, but I'm going to give Lady Bird, or sorry, I'm going to give Eighth Grade a, a six. Because I don't love all of the acting. I think, like you said, Layla, like Elsie Fisher is, she's great, and it's a great performance, but she literally graduated eighth grade like a week before this. Like, it's not as if she had to, like, dig real deep and, and find the memories of eighth grade. Method like, it acting. Happened, it happened a couple weeks before this. She has said, like, oh, I'm a much more social person than than, than Kayla is. Um, but, you, I mean, like, Kayla's not really antisocial. She's just really, like, awkward and, and really, like, uh, sort of withdrawn into herself, which is not unusual for, like, an eighth grade person mm-hmm. or a person who's in eighth grade. Um uh, I th- what I keep thinking about with Josh Hamilton, who I love in this movie, and he's like, I mean, he's not really that great in anything else. He's okay he's in a lot of things. He's just yeah. never like this is a standout performance. Yeah, he's just like, I think of the scene uh, with the banana <laughs> where he's watching her like peel it so. Okay, slowly fine. I don't like bananas. And eat it, and the whole time he's watching her, his face is just kind of like slowly contorting. Like he's like, oh, you know, she hates these. I know that she hates these. I just feel like he's more like, what Yeah, he told, he doesn't understand what's going on. Um, and it's just it, like he's just such a nuanced uh, comedic performance. But then he's also the. The biggest, like the climax of the movie, I guess, is is him is the bonfire scene where where he's like, "What's in the box?" And she's like, "Just all my hopes and dreams." And he's like, "And you're gonna burn them." So, <laughs> yeah. And then she's like, "I don't know." He has all the the 
that important like father daughter talk that that's in the movie is such a huge emotional you know part of it um so I'm gonna give it a six. I don't love all of the child actors in this. Like I don't love the guy that plays Gabe. Uh, Kennedy. Um, the the scene with Kennedy and her friend when they're on their phones is yeah. like the least believable part. I know that kids are like that, but not to that level. Yeah, like, I don't it seemed like, almost... love either of those yeah. those performances. Although I do like Kennedy's like best friend, where she's like, what? Yeah, but I, <laughs> she's yeah, it's just she's, the it's. What, what? I, I didn't I didn't believe the scene. No, definitely not. Yeah. They're not that bad. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm at a five with Layla. I don't really need to add anything to the Josh Hamilton thing. It's a great performance, um, and I think that's actually what brought it. Uh, that's where I like wanted to go higher, just mm-hmm. because of how great he is. I think that what Elsie Fisher does um, so well, and I think this is a lot of Bo Burnham too, is like for anybody that suffers from anxiety. Um, and like certain levels of loneliness, um, there are just like different types of that. And I think that the type that they do in this is, uh, you know, that like the person who really doesn't have any friends and is really anxious and quiet about it when she's around other people is like a different form of anxiety than I have. And that like people like Kevin Love have. And, mm-hmm. um, who did you say earlier? Bill Hader and Bill Hader it's like I'm a I'm a socially anxious like I, I'm social and I'm anxious, mm-hmm. um, and I think that they really nail it at like every level in this yeah. like Did what guys, how he shows her at have home. You guys seen that um, the reason Bo made this film or like why he made a story about this specifically because mm-hmm. this is his own experience like not the yeah. the childhood part of it but he has suffered with anxiety his entire life and when he was trying to find a metaphorical way to describe his anxiety this is what it felt like for him being at that yeah. age dealing with this experience <laughs> like he's always in eighth grade like he's just stuck in that moment <laughs> i mean that's that's yeah, what's that. so good about this is he yeah, really nails that. the like horrors of eighth grade and then as i said earlier i mean it is so realistic and i respect him a lot for hiring people that are the right age for it mm-hmm. um because that is such a problem in a lot of movies um, I think it's some of the best kind of like cringe acting. Sometimes yes. it's over the top, but it's like so cringy to watch and, and it's good. I think the reason, even though Elsie Fisher is good, I agree with what you said, Layla that, and, and Nick, that it's, it's not very far from what she had to be in real life. Um, and, and though Josh Hamilton is so great, I think the fact that there's not a lot of like acting outside of those two characters kind of brings it down to like, a, a slightly above average level for me. Can I just say so that that I didn't say this in mind and I should have that kid that plays her like oh, crush oh. is like incredible to me. I think he's great. Aiden? And I, yeah, oh, yeah. And I do think Bo's writing of him is incredible, <laughs> incredible. Yeah. And his like uh, he's that, good. I, his entire scene in the classroom in the shooting drill. It, I, I laughed I harder in that out. moment yeah. than I would have taken him out. And on top of that after she has this whole conversation about her like nudes and doing blowjobs, the second she walks away, he just starts doing that face again because he's, that's exactly what a 13 year boy, year old boy is like. Like, Yeah. 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 It is the elephant noise. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. He's great. Uh, yeah, I agree. Um, so I gave it a five. Layla gave it a five. Nick gave it a six. Uh, let's talk about actoring with lady bird. Um, this is like kind of easy seven seven. yeah this is like a crazy stacked cast Um, 
the character writing is incredible and the running theme of, of like love being defined by um, attention is like the, is so great in the way that these characters are written and how they interact. Um, I think that like, so Layla and I have talked repeatedly about Saoirse Ronan and I didn't like her a lot before. I, I always thought she was a good actress, but I wasn't really into her performances before. This is one that Blasphemy. it's just like, she's, I know, but, but now I've been pulled over because this totally changed my opinion of her. I think that she does so much more than she had done before to show her versatility. I love how like narcissistic and whimsical she is about everything, but she's like, so driven by being an independent woman that wants culture and stuff that she's like unaware of her impact on other people. Um, and she nails that and she treats life like a cultural experience at every level. And like, I love when she, um, the pastor is like doing the auditions or whatever, which the audition scene is just amazing acting by all the kids in it. But, um, when he goes, Lady Bird, why is your name? why is your name in quotes? And she goes, I gave it to myself. It's given to me by, by me. me. <laughs> and I, I love that. I, I think she nails it. And then um, I'm sure we'll talk at length about her, but Lori Metcalf, like, holy shit. What? Uh, and sorry, Esther and Annie uh, for <laughs> Esther and Annie. Is that mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah sorry rabbits. for the rabbits. Sorry for swearing so much, but they're cool with it. Don't um, worry. I promise. <laughs> like Lori Metcalf is, has such a nuanced performance. And I think like, I get that Allison Janney is a great actress. I love Allison Janney, but I just, it, her and I, Tanya, she's really fun and great and she shows abuse well, but it's just, it's so Allison Janney. And Laurie Metcalf has this like transformative, amazing role uh, at every level. And I just think, like, how did she not win for the airport scene alone? Like, the emotions that she conveyed without even speaking in that scene was incredible. Uh, and lastly, Tracy Letts is just so good in oh, this yeah, movie. Tracy. Uh, there's just something magical about actors that can take the simplest of moments or the simplest of dialogue and hit you so hard with it. And Everything of, cuts deep. It yeah. cuts deep. And that's kind of like to the point of Alice and Janney. I freaking love Alice and Janney. She's one of my favorite actresses of all time. But also I expected what she gave in that role. Like I knew Alice and Janney could put that out. And that's like pure Alice and Janney. Laurie Metcalf came and pr- provided a completely nuanced performance of what a mother experiences and you felt every moment of what she was experiencing and that was magical and I mean yeah so obviously this is a seven for me this cast is probably some of my favorite actors of all time uh Saoirse Ronan is my one of my favorite humans ever I just adore her and the fact that a girl who grew up in Ireland and has an Irish accent could convey herself as an American teenager the way that she did so fluidly and naturally is incredible to me. She's enigmatic. She's just, you want to watch her. You want to watch her every step. Um, And then there's just, you know, Timmy and Beanie and all these young actors who are just killing it right now. Like, I said this before, but... Yeah, they've blown up. but, But just Beanie, like, on that stage, timidly singing this song when she is got a Broadway level voice, just killer, beautiful voice, just killing her small, timid comedy with the teacher. Like, I just, I love Beanie Feldstein so much, but all of these um, people killed it. I think A minus. <laughs> I was thinking it was more like an A. Okay, if you oh, say okay, so. if you say so. Yeah, she's so great good. in it. Um, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I think um, 
uh, Saoirse Ronan is like perfect in this role, and it's so well written. Like like you were saying, like high schoolers are just like the worst because they don't like know who they are yet, but they also don't know what like people are supposed to be yet. Yeah. But they think they know, and they're or how so to be, confident right? in it. Like how to exist and how to be, like the way you treat yeah. Other like she's like, and... oh yeah, like existing is like culture, whatever that means, and like being on a in a different place, and like this place is bad, and the other place over there on the east coast better because it's a city and I'll be better there and like she's just like this perfect embodiment of like what a high schooler is or like thinks that they are and it's it's perfect which is funny because she thinks that the hardest word to say in the English language is perfect in yeah. an American accent oh really yeah that's funny I don't know why I, I keep trying to think of why that would be the hardest word an Irish person would have maybe because of the R in the say, middle of the word I guess yeah, um, but Lori Metcalf is perfect as well. She's like so subtly amazing and conveys all of this emotion in just like a really subtle way. Beanie Feldstein is great, and Timothy Chalamet should do more comedy. Yeah, I yeah, for sure. and I like I don't even I Lucas Hedges when I first saw this the scene when he breaks down in her arms is just such believable crying and yeah. you could really feel. Um, you know, I obviously I'd never understand what that's like, but you can really like feel um, the situation of yeah. being in a Catholic family and being gay and having to be quiet about it, and also feeling ashamed of your actions. Um, I, I, you know, the pastor is uh, is incredible. Um, the yeah, who can does. cry first wins or whatever is oh, yeah. is so good. He's a great actor. Um, I also think. You know, the JV coach comes in and is just firing on all cylinders, like literally. Thick lines mean singing. Yeah. Thick lines mean singing. It's, if you have ever imagined what it would be like if a JV coach had to suddenly uh, get people ready f- to do the Tempest, <laughs> it's spot on. It's and so it's really funny. And uh, yeah. Um, and then Timothy Chalamet is just like such a beautiful little sociopath in it uh, with conspiracy theories. Hasn't lied he, in two years. Yeah. No, I haven't. Because I have, <laughs> yeah, and I haven't lied in. No, I didn't. Because I have two years. It's like it, the point, way though. he's so precise, precise about it. Yeah, there's but. such a good point to the fact that, like, aside from having one of the most like all-star casts, right? Like, just the main people, but everyone in the background kills it too. Anyone that comes in for one line also kills their one line. Shelly, and like. <laughs> But I, even, but I even mean, like, the girl who walks in on them eating the communion crackers or whatever, like, and she, like, they're just, anyone that's in the background, like, I was just, te- I was telling you guys about that post I saw where it was, like, five actors that had one line in Lady Bird that now all have leading roles in Netflix movies. Like, yeah, the cast is just huge. Yeah, Danielle McDonald is in it for literally two seconds. Like, you see her face for two seconds, and now she was one of the stars of Unbelievable and, and a movie called Patty Cakes, where she is Patty Cakes. Um, <laughs> maker's uh, match or whatever. Maker's um, bread? Make bread. Make yeah, all right, so let's bread. move on to our next category. We gave yeah, sevens uh, all around to uh, Lady Bird for actoring. How could let's you talk not? about spectacularity which is where we talk about the engagement level of the movie and uh, how engaged you were, how interactive it was in terms of your viewing experience and uh, whether you were distracted by runtime or little things that annoyed you or not. Um, let's kick it off with Lady Bird since we're on it. Uh, I guess I can start. I don't know, can I? Um, <laughs> I gave it a, a six out of seven. 
Um, pretty close to a seven. I can't imagine a coming of age movie other than like Moonlight or uh, or, or like a dramedy that I would really give a seven um, for this because I recognize that they're it's just naturally going to have like lulls. I, I guess I, I wouldn't really call them lulls for myself because I am engaged with the movie, but I'm not like overly excited about every scene. Uh, it's got a decent run, le- uh, runtime length. One thing that I've been talking about a lot lately, um, with spectacularity is editing and how editing can affect, uh, your engagement level with the movie, especially with a comedy. And I think Ladybird is expertly edited. Um, the comedy, it, it'll just be quick cuts of a lot of things and passing time. Uh, it, it, it takes place over the course of like a year and, and some change. And they nail that. And you feel the passing time through the editing. And even when Sacramento weather is like pretty, like, uh, it, it's pretty stagnant. Like it stays the same the entire year. I think that they really nail it in terms of the editing. Um, I think there's a lot of like really good comedic moments. The musical tryout is hilarious. The songs that they choose. Um, I, I, I like that it bounces back and forth seamlessly between drama and comedy like that. It, yeah, it's really rare. Every comedy, every dramedy typically starts as a comedy and then the whole middle section is a drama and then it becomes like kind of a comedy and drama in the end. What Ladybird does really well is it makes you feel like it's real people's lives. In life, we don't have passages like that. You can be really sad in one moment and then really happy in another moment. And they nail that. And so really, really funny scenes could be followed up immediately by Lucas Hedges crying in her arms. And then the pastor um, talking to her mom about his depression and how he has no one to talk about um, and his grief. And so... I just I love the way that they do that, and it, the highs are really high, and the lo- emotional lows are low, but they they're uh, understandable and they hook you in. Yeah, I totally agree, and I think that Lady Bird is the more engaging of the two movies because all of those things that you said kind of lend themselves to more um, more at stake. Like Lady Bird just has more engaging dramatic like conflicts i guess there's the conflict between lady bird and her her uh mother there's the subplot with the dad losing his job and then you and find out that he has depression and then miguel the brother ends up getting that job and he has an arc in the movie there's just more arcs going on there's more drama more at stake like the lucas hedges thing comes out of nowhere when you find out that you know when they like literally uh, uh, Julie and and um, and Ladybird walk in on him like making out with a guy in the bathroom, and oh, it just comes out of really nowhere. Well. Yeah. Um, by the way, what I was saying before is that her love interests follow the same pattern as shares in Clueless. <laughs> oh yeah, kind of. Yeah. That's what I was saying. Um, oh damn, it is cliched. Yeah. Uh, anyways, I just thought. About that. <laughs> um, I just think that all of those things like. Like, they make the movie more real. Like you said, like, it's like a real, like, these are real people. Um, and, and so that kept me more engaged. I'm going to give it a six. Um, I don't think it's the most engaging movie I've ever seen, but it's definitely very far above average. I love Lady Bird. True that. Well yeah. said. What about you, Layla? It's, it's a six for me. I mean, I, I can't give anything that's just mostly 
you know, these conversa- these intimate conversations that are happening between people a seven, because there's yeah. so, like, it's just hard. You can't do that. Where are the explosions, right? Yeah, right? That's yeah, what's supposed to draw seriously. me in. Where's, I'm, the, yeah, I'm where's the, like, graphic sex? Not the, <laughs> not the three seconds, hands out. Where he uh, just goes, oh, his hands. Yeah. And then his hands. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but it's, you both spoke to this, but it's the pacing of this film. The reason there is never a moment in time where I feel disconnected from it is because there is a constant level of, like, interchangeable comedy and drama in the right moments. Like, it's, it's not even, like, from scene to scene, right? It's within the same scenes. There will be a moment... That's a good that point, too. They're standing at the dresses, and they're bickering with each other, and it feels tense, and all of a sudden she pulls out a dress, and it's just like you feel the like oh, love between perfect. the two of them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, that is life. Like, that is... That's this is why that is this is the best depiction of a mother-daughter relationship I think I've seen in a film, because... That's how it goes. I could be bickering with my mom nonstop and just one thing happens that brings us together for a moment and all of that's gone. And that's the beauty of this film. It keeps you engaged because it's real. And sometimes I feel like when I'm watching it, it feels play-like a little bit, the way that they talk to each other because it's just this constant engagement of conversation, which I love. Um, But yeah, I felt engaged throughout the entire movie. And a big part of that is what you were saying, Gabe, that it flows through time really well and it goes through so many different periods of her life and everyone else's lives within the movie they never focus too much on one person in my opinion despite the fact that Sersha is the main role of this movie you're following Lori as a mother following behind Sersha like you're following her growth throughout this film as well and you're also following so many separate characters uh, storylines at the same time and it melds so well together and you you like I never feel like I'm just watching this one person grow I feel like I'm watching every single person within this film grow and that's an incredible that's an incredible thing that Greta's done it's incredibly hard incredibly hard to engage that many characters and not make it feel overwhelming I never felt overwhelmed yeah totally um, okay, so 666, number of the beast for Ladybird there for spectacularity. <laughs> so spectacular that it is very demonic and satanic. Um, what Even about eighth grade? Uh, I actually, it's interesting because I want to uh, first speak because Nick had said I find um, Ladybird to be the more engaging movie, and it's like easy for you. I and I know that's because your second watch, it, you'll, which you'll probably talk about, it, it like kind of went down a little bit from seeing it in theaters. For, for me, grade. yeah, for yeah. eighth grade, for me, I have it at a six as well, and I was I was almost tempted to go to a seven because of the way it is um, directed by Bo Burnham. It's like he won't allow you to be removed from the movie, and I think that a lot of that is. Uh, the weird score that he uses. <laughs> the score is is so great. Um, I agree. It has moments of like horror. Um, it has moments of like horror when she like breaks her phone uh, or when she like messes up on something. And then there's just like abs- like absurd uh, boom 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 when she like goes into the party and it's like all of her anxiety is really hitting her and she has to just go out and you know be herself. And then every time they show Aiden, it is so funny. Like the way he uses music just keeps you in involved in that way. Um, I also just, it's really short and I got to appreciate a movie Good when runtime. it's got this short of a runtime and hooks you for the whole time. Um, I think it's, 
and this is like you would think you would be taken out by this but i think i'm more drawn in to the fact that it is so cringy it is this movie i don't know why but this movie is really painful for me to watch every moment i'm like i i get chills i get like a shiver up my spine and i'm like oh why are you doing this and i love that and and i i you know like it's torture that i i love yeah um I think that they nail, like I said with the Ladybird, I think that they really nail moments of comedy in this where there are just like such high moments of comedy. Yeah. The superlative assembly with the kid in the background saying, LeBron James. Uh, and then the, uh, the fucking, oh, I, like one of my favorite scenes is when they're doing, um, uh, it's the school band practicing and they're all so bad and it's like it's so accurate to middle school uh players even if they're like the best at their age um and they have the instructor with the rat tail uh (laughs) i all the dad stuff is really funny i completely forget about the like school shooting the the, like fake school shooting which is a really sad reality uh uh, nowadays but at the the way that the guy handles it like this military-esque guy walking in with this assault rifle saying bang dead bang dead and then like some of the kids have makeup on um yeah it's a six for me i I, i'm really i'm i'm so engaged with this movie and i think even the emotional moments hook me i I just quickly i gave it a five and not a six because um on the second problem I mean, just on the second watch, a couple of things that worked really well in the movie theater didn't work well in my home theater, <laughs> which is my living room uh, with a normal-sized TV and not a theater um, TV. It's it, like the loud, like jarring sounds and music don't didn't translate well to my living room. Yeah, it's they point. translate really well in a theater where you're like, "Damn, that is loud," and it's hilarious because it's like this weird song that's like (laughs) just plays when this like normal looking eighth grade boy shows up. The bass just hits so hard. It just hits so hard and it's funnier in my living room. It was like, Oh, we got to turn it down for the part where it plays the funny music for the eighth grade boy. And then we got to turn it back up when they start talking again. And, and like really the movie is, unique and and interesting because it it's not necessarily about much plot wise it is just about a character um and just having watched it the second time it wasn't you know super engaging but it was the first time i saw it so i'm gonna give it a five um and i'm not like typically the person that's like oh it doesn't like it's not like about anything um i don't know that's just the feeling i got with this one so i gave it a five for sure what about you layla i gave it I gave it a five, but I've I've teetered on six. I did this before, and I'm doing it again. Mostly Whoa. because I... No, we don't make references to the other lost episodes. The other lost episodes. Um, I... All right, we got to come to a confession. This is actually the 15th time we've recorded <laughs> this episode. Um, we just can't get enough. Sorry, go ahead. It's okay. The uh, It's the details for me. I mean, there's so many incredible minor details in this film that consistently engaged me. While I was watching, I was like, oh my God, that's so realistic. Oh my God, the way he just did that is incredibly like that. I remember that 13-year-old kid doing that, being that way. So I loved all of that. Still, like, I still cannot believe how funny this movie is. I did not, the first, the first time I saw it was in theaters. This was the second time. It's been years. 
and I did not remember how funny it was. And I was engaged and laughing the entire film. There are just insanely comedic moments. Uh, the only reason I gave it a five after all of that praise, um, with spectacularity, there's obviously if something disengages you from the film. And there is a huge plot point in this movie that completely disengages me from the film. I think it is ridiculous that this senior in high school feels any need to ask this eighth grade girl to come hang out with her and her friends. I, I don't buy it. It would never happen in real life. The whole scene while it's happening, I can't stop thinking to myself that this is a bad plot point and that it doesn't fit. It doesn't work. So I that think that's really- what it is. I think... It is a plot point. It's like to get her to because they For they sure. he really wanted to get to that, that moment car in the scene. car. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. all seniors and the yes. scene with her her dad. They Ew. wanted to get to that too. Oh they're man, all I mean, seniors. It was, no, I think there are juniors about to be seniors. I mean, they reference Still. themselves as seniors, but uh, yeah, it's possible that they're becoming either way. I, I, I was cool <laughs> as shit when I was either in way. high school. That so makes the scene know. in the car like even worse, and it's already oh, just yeah. awful. That that yeah. kid acts that way, which a hundred percent like you're completely right. That is why it was placed. I get that, but I just for such an incredible film and for me imagining him to be such an incredible writer, I feel like there's another way to come about that. I don't know how. I don't know in what capacity. Whether that's this senior girl like invites her to a party and then ignores her entirely because that makes more sense to me to just be like, well, yeah. there's, there's a party happening tonight. You should show up, and she actually does. And then some guy tries to hit on her and take her home. But True, like, but then you already have the pool party scene and like her being a loner at the pool party. So it's I redundant. hear you. I just it's utterly ridiculous that she no, just I, I get with you. these and the way she treats her too. That's just not how we're we're too selfish in high school for that. I'm sorry. Like we literally. Hey, maybe been you like, were. Yeah, me. I was. But yeah, I just, it's, yeah, it pulled she me She used to go around at Los Gatos High School, like, stuffing kids in trash cans and rolling them down <laughs> hills. It was messed up. Yeah, I was the bully, guys. Yeah. That's how I became a social worker. No, I get what you mean. Like, there sometimes <laughs> there is something that takes you out. Like, for me, this doesn't take me out of the movie, but the scene with Gabe, the little, like, dinner date with the chicken nuggets is so fucking painful and and i know if clay is listening to this it'd be the kind of scene that me and him would see in theaters and like both be like squirming in our seats like no please stop and it's just the way that the kid acts which i think is actually good acting quiz what's your favorite mcdonald's dipping sauce right now yeah probably right now (laughs) buffalo sauce that's what a pop quiz means idiot (laughs) <laughs> you answered four. <laughs> Your bedtime is 9.30. Um, it kind of is now. It um, is literally 9.30 sometimes. Uh, you know what? I, I will say one really, 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 really engaging scene for me is the backyard bonfire with the dad. It yeah. just really hooks me in. It's the emotional crux of the movie. I think it just That's nails. That's the magic. That's it's, the magic. It's basically us as a society even talking to this girl and saying, hey, things could still be okay even if you're a fucking loser at that age. <laughs> I'm kidding. Jeez. But no, like if, even if you're a little strange and stuff, it's so cool that you're being independent and you're making these videos and stuff. Maybe, maybe down the road, that's going to be something that everyone's going to like love you for. And, and that's okay. If, yeah. if not, he just like encourages her to keep 
keep on keeping on and like find herself and it's like totally fine to not know yourself at, in eighth grade because he's also such to. a dad about it too the way he yeah. comes across in that scene it's, it's perfection so like cool. he he can't like convey the, what he wants to say to her very well but he's trying yeah. so hard and it feels so but he's finally perfect. got her at a moment where she'll listen to yeah um, for sure so he's like yeah, I both need of to the this moment so, yeah <laughs> yeah i wish that little punk in the car scene had a dad as cool as Kayla's dad yeah I mean I gotta say that scene is also really engaging in terms of like how awful it is and how like necessary it is to put that in a movie but uh yeah yeah, let's move on to our next category if you're a parent and you have a teenage boy teach him better than that yeah if you're a parent you've seen eighth grade which I hope you've seen because you're listening right now um teach him to be better and tell him that what that kid did even if he didn't like touch her or anything, it's still a problem. And, yeah, and there's I, more I to this. I want to reflect on that 100%. I want to take two seconds to just say that something that this movie does and that Bo does that is very special is he reflects on the other ways in which men make women feel small at so many different moments in our childhoods and our lives. This isn't a moment in which we see something very like awful, awful happen. It doesn't go to that point. But he makes her feel disgusting for saying no. He backs off, but the emotional trauma that comes from feeling like in the future, if you say no, that's the reaction you're going to get from men around you, that's that's traumatizing. That it, that invokes you to want to try better for them next, you know? And it's yeah. that's the kind of trauma that women experience all the time that doesn't really get talked about a lot. So I love Bo for flipping the conversation a tiny bit there and exemplifying something different that you don't see all the time um which is just the impact of men's words on women when we're young 100 percent. well said um okay so that was a six for me and a five from layla and nick for eighth grade yep. let's move on to our next category eye candy eye candy is where we talk about the visual elements of a movie everything visual all-encompassing uh, I'm pretty excited, honestly, to talk about eighth grade. Me too. Um, <laughs> I gave eighth grade a six, uh, almost a seven for what he did with his budget. But I have seen more impressive things done with budgets like Midsommar. Um, but what he does is what I've never seen in a movie. The way that the camera follows uh, Elsie Fisher's character I know I'm so ridiculous. The way you I'm, said I'm so that hyperbolic. was so funny. I don't know why. Uh, it, it, because I've never seen in a movie. I've never such seen things as I did with this movie. Okay, no. but anyways, uh, I ruined Crushed it. it. Um, the way the camera follows her and shows kids is really incredible. I think that they you could see so much in her anxiety and what's like driving her forward in little scenes like her going showing up at the party and she's outside and it shows her hunched back walking up and then it show uh, the camera pans around and it's very close to her face and shows her amazement at this house and all the endless possibilities that could happen and then it's intercut with her talking on her video about putting yourself out there and doing things to uh, like that you're not comfortable with even though he's showing you vis- uh, like that she is physically anxious and having like almost a meltdown in the bathroom, but trying to get herself ready. Um, I think Andrew White uh, Weed is like going to be an absolutely great, great <laughs> cinematographer if, if people can pronounce his last name. Um, all the kids in the classrooms. This movie is so unafraid to show how disgusting like eighth graders are. Like it's the kids picking their like 
uh, rubber band in their yeah. braces. Uh, it, it's like it sh- these kids have such bad skin. And I, I was one of those kids. Like I had horrible skin for so long. And I and I love how unafraid he's uh, he is to do them that. I love the way that mu- I know music isn't a visual thing, but the way that the music enhances the visuals and the editing is so great. Um, I, 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 I can't get over how well they handle a lot of the like expectations versus reality with her YouTube videos and then um, with her at school or in these social environments. Uh, so it's a six out of seven pretty close to a seven because I just I don't think a lot of movies look like this it's well crafted what about you Layla I gave it a six um most I mean obviously just you know tagging off of what you just said he Bo his his strongest storytelling tool in this film is the visuals and I don't even think most people probably realize that upon watching initially but the way in which he shoots her specifically makes you viscerally feel her anxiety the way that he captures her walking down a hallway it's not even just her like her body mannerisms it's the way in which he shows her like he shoots a shot of her where you can't see her full face because she's covered it with her hair by like slumping down like he captures that what she's doing in such a perfect way that you feel it throughout the movie and the build of the entire film is related to how it's edited and how he creates that story through the visuals of it. So I don't think eighth grade would have had quite of as much of an impact as it did without the incredible editing and cinematography of this movie. So eye candy was a huge part of why Bo just killed it here. So I completely agree. Six for me. Six. What about you, Nick? Um, mm, I can be swayed here. (laughs) <laughs> but I initially gave it a five um, because I don't think it's like visually stunning at any point. I think it's above average. And I love that uh, one of the things that I look for in this category a lot is like, does the, like, are the shots purposeful? Like, do I know why this is, why it's being shot this, this way? And that's like the case in a, a lot of scenes in eighth grade. Absolutely. Um, look the way that things are framed and and the lighting so uh, like you you name the pool scene gabe that's like a really obvious one um like the reason the the behind that those shots is is clear and then like the um the shot uh, again in the car where it's like very claustrophobic and mostly kind of shot from her point of view like Mm -hmm. her such a good point point. um and dark and it's kind of like the camera if you kind of think of where the camera must be in most of that scene, it's, it must be kind of tucked into like a corner. Oh, uh, it's a really like kind good of point. behind where the seat, like the headrest is, or they took out the headrest or something and shoved a camera in there. Like it just all feels like icky. Like she it's must so purposeful. Feel. All of it's so purposeful, um, and that's what's magical. so. I'm gonna bump it up to a six. So then, so then that's the six six six, the number of the beast. Um, <laughs> so we can please Satan. Hail Satan. Uh, and, yeah. You're welcome, right. Satan. Cool. So, yeah. Yeah, all right. Well, let's talk about Ladybird with eye candy. And I actually want to start with Layla because you had made a point when we last recorded um, on the 12th recording of this yes. episode uh, that. Mock 12. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that. Just what, what did you think about Ladybird uh, eye candy visually? I don't want to take words from your own mouth. Yeah, I mean, I gave it a six. I think. 
I think one of the most magical things about this film is the visuals because at the end of this film, she gets on the phone and she tells her mother how much home truly means to her, right? And you and you engage in that same love that she has because of the visuals that Greta created of Sacramento. There is no world in which... I've been to Sacramento. There's no world in which you visually find Sacramento stunning. But I found Sacramento stunning after watching this movie. Yeah, suck on that, Sacramento. I'm so sorry for anyone watching this that adores Sacramento. <laughs> but uh, did, Flemmer, I say, did I say yeah. watching or listening? Listening. Ooh, Anyways, um, yeah, it's just the, sh- the the like the shot of Lori driving through Sacramento. There's something magically beautiful. The reason that scene and you feel Lori's love. I keep saying Lori. What's her character's name? The mother. Mom. Um, the mom mama while bird. she's mama bird while she's driving oh. through Sacramento. You feel her adoration for where she is, and you feel uh, you feel ladybirds because of that. And I think. Again, Greta used the visuals as such an important tool in this movie to create an ambiance and a feeling for all of us to understand, to really fully understand what home means to Lady Bird. And by the end of the movie, you do. And I think that's all because of the visuals. Yeah. I, so, I'm struggling with this. And I got swayed last time we did this. And I'm just so (laughs) back and forth between a five and a six right now. Because... What really puts it over the edge for me to uh, over to a six, as I talked about a little bit in Spectacularity, is the editing of this movie is so incredible. Um, and they handle it, it visually. They, they actually enhance a lot of the comedy visually. Like the scene where she gets alcohol poisoning, like the first day she's in New York, yeah. is so funny. I mean, it's not funny to get... It is kind of funny to get alcohol poisoning if you end up being okay afterwards. But... <laughs> um, it's so funny the way that they do it because everything is happening so quickly. It's like if you've seen the movie The Nice Guys, there's, I, I talk about this a lot. There's this really, really funny moment where he goes to try to break into a building and, and cuts his hand and he, and he starts bleeding. He's like, oh, that's a lot of blood. And then immediately he's in an ambulance. And that is just such a funny hard cut. And I think this movie really nails that. Like consistently that like add to the experience. But it's, it's not even just like comedy. Um, She'll be walking through New York or Sacramento and it's cutting as she's walking a long period of time. And it's so seamless and it, and it looks cool. I do agree with you the way that they make Sacramento look, I don't hate on Sacramento like you do, but they do make it look a little bit prettier than it is instead of just boring suburban. Um, I was watching this <laughs> video suburbia. where they talk about like the. What do you mean you're not hating on it? You just call them. Yeah, boring. you're literally. I mean, boring I'm saying suburbia. like besides that, it's you know a lot of important stuff happens in Sacramento. Okay, uh, Mike Bibby <laughs> used to play for the Kings for a while. Mike He's Bibby important visually. Um, but like, there's well, a lot of visually, blues. <laughs> visually, I'm gonna have to back you up there. There's Mike a lot Bibby of is one of the strangest looking individuals. No, dude, have you seen him lately? He looks so cool. He He's looks buff as shit. Yeah, he looks like the he looks like the the. the Anyways, he like Mr. Clean, dude. <laughs> the movie Ladybird. I I was watching this video where they talk about how much she uses the color blue and she enhances a lot of shots with the color blue to represent that river there. Um, I think that Sam Levy is a really good cinematographer. I think he's gonna kill it. I think, even though. Greta is so clearly showing her feelings for the movie in its visual style. I don't think that Lady Bird stands out visually more than 
a lot of movies for me. Like, I don't think it has this visual style that I'd be like, oh, that's Lady Bird. Like, or that's Greta Gerwig. Because I think what she does in Little Women is completely different visually. I think it's, it, it's more, like, whimsical and, and magical in its lighting and everything. Whereas, but like, that's, if that's I watch, like, a Barry point, Jenkins movie, like, I'm like, that's a Barry Jenkins movie. David Fincher movie. That's a David Fincher movie. And see, I, I love that. that. But see, I kind of feel the opposite. Because, honestly, I want the director or whoever's creating the film to make me understand that film and those characters and those people. However, that is applicable like, I understand having yeah. a signature and having a style, and that's great. But what I, again, what I love about what Greta did here is that she made sure through the visuals that I fell in love with Sacramento, how, whatever style it took to do so. And, like, mm. Nick, you made a really good point one of the millions of other times we talked about this movie um, of the houses, the way that the she shoots the homes in Sacramento. Like, that was also spectacular. She just, like, she makes them all feel like beautiful, oh, quirky I, I homes. That, yeah. was, that was my point, not Nick's, so... <laughs> no, well, but I think Nick agreed with it. I, I did, and I think what... what I, I just think that there's a lot of nostalgia baked into the... Yeah. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. the um, that was your point. The aesthetic of the, the movie, <laughs> and, like, it's nostalgia that you... That we don't feel, because Sacramento, objectively, is a, a crummy suburb. And for us... Yeah, it's a city, uh, too. <laughs> <laughs> God, it's our state capital. You watch it's your tongue. A, okay. Sacramento. Uh, it's a city too. Is actually their their slogan. Um, <laughs> I just think that it's like you feel it. You feel that like the nostalgia for this city, and it's so important to Lady Bird because that's her like her journey in the the movie is like oh I want to go to the East Coast because it'll be more rad there and I'll be more cultured. And then she's like well shit Sacramento like is always going to be with me and so will my family and all of the love that they give me in the weird way that they do um and and like it I don't know the way that it's filmed I, I gave it a six is is it just kind of like it lends itself to the way that the it, it's like a character it makes Sacramento a character yeah. yes absolutely. and then it makes the it makes the actors Fine. that much better their performances are that much better because you feel their connection to this other character that is not a character it's just yes. a crummy suburb yeah okay I mean I'm, I'm gonna switch <laughs> it to six I'm but I, I do I'm like I'm <laughs> still drop. on the lower end of the six and I, I and I actually like m- I also agree with you, Layla. I don't think that a movie needs to be like, or a director needs to have one visual style. That is cool when they do that, but not every director needs to do that. It yeah. should be applicable to the movie itself. I think more than that, it was, even though this was my favorite movie of that year, when it came out in 2017, it was, it's not the, I don't think about it visually. I love how the, the story is and everything, and I love the performances, but I don't really think about the visuals over like movies like Dunkirk or Call Me By Your Name or Phantom Thread from that year. Sure. Um, sure. I, I agree with that 100%. I mean, we all have our own visual preferences as well, right? Because yeah. Call Me By Your Name visually is still like one of my favorite movies, and that's just a personal take and a personal style, and I love the way that that film was shot, and I get that 100%. But if we're just speaking to the technicality of this film and how well the visuals carry out the purpose of it. I do think Greta excelled when it came to visually representing what this story was about. Yeah, totally. Um, okay, so that's 666, the number of the beast. Hail Satan. Wow, Two. we are going to hell. It's good. We want to go to hell. We want to go to hell. No. Um, let's move on I mean, to the next category. 
Um, and our last category, it's legacy. Legacy is where we talk about the lasting impact these movies have on us and on films in general, um, how it was talked about, how it will be talked about. Um, yeah, I guess we'll start with Lady Bird since we're on it. Uh, I gave it a six, uh, and I... And I can understand why someone would want to give it even objectively a little bit lower of a score. It got nominated for five Academy Awards, didn't win any because fucking Shape of Water, Shape. Yeah. Shape of Water, about a fish, a fish man having sex with a mute woman who also, spoiler alert, is a fish woman, maybe in the end, is just like. Cool Academy. Like, think about the thank representation. You for the ma- yeah, think about the representation. Well, and they could have gotten there are so many creatures. Yeah, there's so many creatures of the Black Lagoons out there that are like now represented. You. Yeah, I, yeah. Seriously, finally, um, a creature of the Black Lagoon plays a creature of the Black Lagoon th- on. No, but yes, the big, Gabe, you're like, totally right. Like... I mean, you're 100 <laughs> percent right, Nick. And honestly, I didn't even think about that angle until now. But no, I so often year, have. If, if Lady Bird, Black Lagoon's if not Lady, you gotta stop. If Lady Bird <laughs> wasn't gonna win, which I I wanted to win, but I I would have been a little. It would have been a little crazy and, and shocking if Lady Bird won. Then I mean, you had movies like Get Out and Dunkirk and Call Me by Your Name and Phantom Thread that year that were just so much more spectacular. Thank God it wasn't Three Billboards Outside of Ebbing, Missouri, but. Um, I give it a six. I think that this made uh, Greta Gerwig's career. I think she's now one of the most sought uh, sought after directors. I think she, you know, in the indie world, a lot of writers really uh, or, she, or people wanted her for um, screenplays. But I think this really blew her up. Uh, she was nominated for it. I think it solidified uh, Saoirse Ronan as one of the best lead actors at only uh, 22 or 23 at the time. Uh it's uh, one of those really big success stories for indie films. Like it, it had such a good word of mouth and festival presence that ended up having a 99%. And I'll talk about why it didn't get 100% later. And I'm going to call someone out. But I, I still think it's, it is really, really, really appreciated for what its lasting impact will be for, for women. Um, like the the message that I was talking about, like you're not always perfect. You don't have your life figured out even until you're a young adult uh, or even until you're an adult as you know, I'm 28. I don't have my life figured out, but um, I think the only th- people that would really want to bring this movie down are like sexist people that watch it and are like, I don't see what the fuss is about. Would have been better if it was like super bad or something. And then it's like, you're a problem. <laughs> you're a problem. Yeah. Yeah. If you think a movie is, sexist or like you you you're it's you, forcing if you think that you are if you're if you're concerned that other people will think you're sexist because you think a movie isn't that good you're probably you probably think that you're a sexist or yeah, a racist in, in the other yeah it's like out outward projection of your own inner self all right freud thanks <laughs> you can call me gabe mm, i won't Ever again. Uh, Sweet. Lady Bird, I gave a six. Uh, is nominated for Best Picture, nominated for Best Performance by a Lead, by a Supporting Actress, uh, by a uh, Director, Best Original Screenplay. I mean, it's got all the accolades. Even if it didn't win them, it probably should have won at least one of those things. Best Actress. Um, 
Yeah, or or best supporting actress. I mean, yeah. Oh no, it definitely su- supporting was the one it should have won. Yeah, d- definitely. Um, Ronan, uh, Saoirse Ronan did win the Golden Globe as a yeah, she did, and it prize. won uh, best musical or comedy. Um, oh really? Because that's yeah. such a oh, great I didn't category. See that. Um, oh, I LC hate that category. Fisher, I hate so, so much. Elsie <laughs> L- Fisher was nominated for the same Golden Globe as, as Saoirse Ronan um, in the hey, following two years year. or a year later. Yeah, yeah. I think it's I think it's just one year. Um, so I mean, like the nod goes to Lady Bird. It has all of these like critical accolades, um, but I think Eighth Grade should have more of that. It just doesn't. Um, I'm giving Lady Bird a six. Okay, what about you, Layla? It's a six. I think mostly for me, yes, absolutely, the accolades are important, the ratings are great, but I do think the lasting impact of this film is the careers that it's that it built and that it's going to continue to project. Because, as you said, Greta was, I mean, I think Greta would have always done something great. She was down, mm. she was moving towards something, 100%, um, but this put her at the top. She is, as you said, the most sought-after one of the most sought out directors, but also just the most sought after female director out there right now. Um, any any time anyone wants to build or create a female story right now, they're calling Greta up, whether it's to produce, to direct, to write, any of the above, which is magical. I want her to make everything. Um, but also just like... Well, not everything. No, I, I'd be happy with it. I'd 100% be okay like with that. Mad Max 3? <laughs> Actually, yes. Please put Greta Gerwig on. Mad I mean, Max honestly, Street. Mad Max is like a pretty—it's a female-driven, female-driven film. Now, driven so, film. Yeah. yeah. Fuck uh, the game. You could have picked anything else. All right. You picked Mad Max Three. That yeah. was your choice. Um, yeah. See, there's the problem. When it's a dumb concept all the way through. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but anyways, I mean, yeah, I think same with a lot of these supporting actors as well. Like, I think. Um, Lucas and Timmy and Beanie, they were all doing really great things, but I do think this film put them on the map in a different way. So I, I, I love this movie for that because these are all some of my favorite young actors right now. Yeah, for sure. Okay, uh, six is all around <laughs> for Lady Bird. Uh, <laughs> I don't remember this happening before, to be honest. I don't think so. <laughs> I I, or maybe we just didn't make a joke about it every, every time. Every single time. <laughs> uh, but 666, Number of the Beast, Hail Satan. Um, anyways. Legacy for eighth grade. Let's close it out quickly for me. Uh, I gave it a five. Uh, personally, I think it gets better and better each watch. I've already seen it. This was my fourth time seeing it, and it's one of those movies I really want to show other people. It's going to be one of those uh, type of suggestions. Um, it was my tenth favorite film from 2018, in case anyone was wondering exactly where it I plays. I was super curious. Uh, but that's, like, personally really, really high. And I, and like, I, I would that give it higher, really but that was a crazy... You. Well, that was a crazy year. Um, yeah. Celebrities were, like, really in awe of this movie. And Bo, and Bo Burnham. And I think this is just... Yeah. Bo Burnham was already a famous comedian. Not a huge comedian, but he was a pretty famous one. I saw him live. He was okay. Uh, but it, it's it's... It was a risky movie, so it's not bound to be as popular. And it was very much like an indie film that stayed an indie film. It didn't make much money. It didn't yeah. lose any money. It, it, it did well. Um, it was nominated for a Golden Globe. It also has a 99% and weirdly has a high audience rate, uh, 82% on Rotten Tomatoes. Not that that means anything at all. Um, I think it's just going to have a really strong afterlife in film circles, uh, but I don't know about the greater public watching this movie. It's one of Barack Obama's favorite movies. Barack Obama. Yeah. 
<laughs> I love Barack Obama. I also love his list each year. But yeah, he had, I mean, he had like 30 movies on that list. Yeah. I had like this was 20 of, of those uh, on the same list. He also Humble deported brag. a lot of people and also he... Okay, let's not get he also, it. No, oh stop, goodness. stop, stop. He also used a lot um, of drones. Stop. Moving on, moving on. I gave it a... Do you know how many people have died since the invasion of Iraq? <laughs> Things can be sad that aren't war, Gabe. <laughs> uh, I gave it a five. Um, I think that this movie is going to last for cinephiles forever. I think people that love film are always going to want to talk about it. I think they're going to appreciate it. I think Bo did an incredible thing here, and that's beautiful. I don't think it's going to go much further than that, and I think I'm okay with that. I think it did what it was supposed to do. I hope people continue to see it, but I love having conversations about it with people who love film, and I love recommending it to people, whether they're going to see it or not. I don't know, but I love telling people about it, so that's great. Um... I do think, as you said with the celebrities, I do always think back to the fact that Molly Ringwald said it's the best teenage film that's out there, and that's a high praise coming from a woman that was in some of the most iconic teenage films of all time. People Overrated. in film really, really love this movie. Yeah. So uh, it's a five, only because the mass populace is not going to quite appreciate it, I don't think, the way it deserves. But Yeah, and I'm giving it a four for that reason, to make a point that like, it should have more recognition than it does and it just just doesn't um a funny example is the imdb page even for eighth grade has like no trivia no it has like nothing yeah. no trivia no goofs it has like four quotes and i was like this is the worst imdb page this is a good movie it's like a 99 percent on rotten tomatoes and you didn't there you have like and I bet a lot more went into it, and they could have picked it from interviews, but they were just, like, not as... Yeah, like, people just yeah. don't pay enough attention to it, um, you know, and it doesn't have any of the, like... It doesn't have any of the, like, accolades that Lady Bird has. Uh, I just... It's it's a shame, and I think maybe the, the only thing I could see propelling it, um, you know, into the limelight that it should have... Uh, and have more people view it as if Bo Burnham hopefully, you know, has a, a sophomore performance that's even better and gets a lot of the the accolades and the praise that that um, he probably could if he made another really good movie. And then yeah. maybe people would watch Eighth Grade and be like, Oh yeah, they'd come back to it. Oh yeah, yeah another movie. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Because Bo Burnham is very clearly a genius and should, uh, and should continue to be making yeah. movies. Wait, I um, did you guys like? I'm one of the reasons I think that this film didn't get to do as great as it could have is because it has an R rated, like it's R rated. Oh, and really? I, it, oh. And I don't fully understand why it is. And he actually didn't contest it, Bo didn't, but instead he like bought out theaters around the country for young people to watch it, which I think is like a beautiful thing. But I'm also like, Maybe you should have contested that because then more young people yeah. would have seen this Why does film. It have an There's R? no nudity. There's rarely any swearing. They just must have said fuck like three times. Yeah, I don't. I I didn't fully understand it, and I think it's kind of what? that oh, sucks because I like didn't even know like that. if totally it was a huge then if it was gonna be rated R, he could have leaned into the rated R thing. Like the Good Boys is absolutely hilarious because it really leans into the R rating. But, like, this movie didn't need to be, and even at PG-13, it kind of f- fucks up, because... Well, it should be PG-13, because it, it, it takes on serious It deals with things. some strong matter, but, like, yeah. it... 
there's no reason Strong for it to be rated R in my in my opinion, <laughs> and I do think that I that hurt its legacy. Less less yeah. parents are going to be willing to have their kids watch this. And the funny thing was when I recommended this to Esther and I had that conversation, I, when I told her the two things I thought were potentially why it was rated R, she was like, oh, we've already talked about those things. Like, it just, yeah, there's... I don't, uh, yeah, it didn't make any sense to me. Yeah, that's weird. Uh, Nick, do you want to add these up? Language and some sexual material. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I guess there is some sexual material, but not any I... more so than you get in like a sex ed class. Uh, we should add it up so we can get into the accolade section. Um, I, I believe it is approximately 94 to 84. Okay. In, in leaning towards Lady Bird. Yeah, Lady Bird that killed it. That was our score on our last time. I think there were some I didn't, changes. I didn't end up changing. Oh, you didn't? So then yeah. it's 94 to 84. Yeah, so 94 out of 105 uh, between all of us for Lady Bird and 84 out of 105, which is still great, but a little bit lower than we expected for eighth grade. Um, let's talk about some accolades and some awards. Let's give them out for these films. Uh, let's start with MVP. Who won these movies for you? Either individually from each movie or overall, as I like to do. The director writers for me. Yeah. That's A24. Big winners. I mean, they're winning in everything, but I think these are like two of their biggest movies. Um, Lady Lady Bird and Moonlight are their biggest by far. Um... Yeah. LVP. There's only one. No, there are multiple. Wait, who is your MVP, Layla? It's the something. it's the directors. It's Greta. Oh, the director writers. Hundred percent. Yeah. Director writers. Uh, LVP. <laughs> I'm gonna the the person who lost these movies is Cole Smythe. You fuck. Cole Smythe. If you look him up, go to colesmythe.com. Enter in promo code. No, I'm kidding. Um, Don't enter. Colesmythe.com. Doesn't deserve it says he's the smartest film critic in the world and he wears really stupid-looking fedoras and he is the lone person who tanked the 100% Probably score for Lady Bird. And Lady Bird fun. actually had received the most reviews of any movie um, beating out, like, Toy Story 2 when it came out. Um, and it was at 100% for a while and one guy ruined it and he had just the worst opinion of the movie. And then my other LVPs are... IMDB raiders uh, who are racist and sexist trolls and if you don't believe me look up literally any super popular or critically acclaimed and or critically acclaimed movie starring people of color or a woman and see how none of them are over 8.0 but then there's like a movie like Guy Ritchie's The Gentleman which is fun Layla and I both love that movie it's really fun (laughs) but not even his best movie and not really that well-loved by everyone that has a higher review than all of them. And then think about where we're at so, uh, societally. So those are my LVPs. Fuck. Uh, screw all of them. I'll, I'll, I'm going to say the same then because that guy <laughs> sucks and his website looks like it's from 1998. Yeah. What about you, Layla? Who lost? Yeah, I support it. I think I also want to just like tie in the Academy as well because they tend to oh, suck at being absolutely. the most incredibly sexist and racist uh, organizations ever. Even though they try to act like they're way better well, they than everybody else. They just played it like so safe that year too with Lady yeah, Bird. And so it's just unfortunate. Like, screw you. You just don't, you don't care about some of the best movies that have come out. Some of the best there. movies. My God, it makes me so I know. angry. I know. And then once in a while they do something really great like Parasite and Moonlight, and they're you. We just know that it's just they're gonna make a bad opinion. 
opinion afterwards. Um, who are your all-star teams? Pick five performances from the movies and put them together to make just the ultimate all- all-star team. Easy. Mine's the entire cast of Lady Bird. Okay. I said five. There are at least like 30 <laughs> people in that movie. Okay, Lori, Lori, Sersha, Timmy, uh, Tracy, Tracy was. and oh, it's between Beanie and Lucas. Uh, Beanie. Oh, boo. Uh, <laughs> no, she's great. She's great in that movie, but uh, yeah. Uh, I gave it Ronan Fisher, Metcalf, Hamilton, and let's go Chalamet, baby. I went. Saoirse Ronan, Laurie Metcalf, Tracy Letts. I got to say, like, Tracy Letts is so good in that movie. And Yeah, we uh, haven't talked about Tracy Letts great. enough tonight, by uh, the yeah, way. Yeah. That I, line where he goes, oh, fuck. Yeah, he's like, oh, uh, did you hear about the wait list? Oh, fuck. He's <laughs> <laughs> so good. He's like mid-bite at I dinner. Know. Yeah, oh, they, so it's good. such a good scene. Um, yeah, Josh Hamilton from 8th grade, my only one from 8th grade. And then I got a tie between Lucas Hedges and Stephen McKinley Henderson, who plays the pastor, and uh, Lady Bird. Just, I, I, it's just an incredible performance. I said Elsie Fisher w- was almost there. It's a star-making performance, but Lady Bird is just so damn good uh, and so, so stacked. Who, who's your sixth man, Layla? Like the person who did the most with the least amount of time? Uh, for... It's, I feel like you're not going to like my answer. It's definitely Beanie. She did the most for me in Lady Bird with very little. Like, she just... Yeah, she's like barely makes the cut. She's in a lot of that movie. But I get what you mean. That is a good point. Like, she's a supporting actress. She disappears all throughout the middle, though. That's true. It's in the sense of when she's in a scene, she has, like, one to two lines. When she There's a couple scenes where she does more, but it's like... Just like you said, with the scene where she goes up for her grade with the teacher, it's such a small moment, but it carries that whole scene. That guy almost kills it. it, too. Yeah, he's so good, too. But, uh, uh, yeah, I just feel like she steals it. What about you, Nick? Uh, Timothy Chalamet. Yeah. What he does uh, is very baller. I think Timothy Chalamet is, like, the safe choice because he clear- he's in so he's he has such little time and he's such a big star now. And that year was his big star turn. That was But Call year. Me By Your Name. And, uh, but he's just so funny and, and he, he's it's just like pound so for pound the best. I also put the, um, the JV coach because the Tempest scene is like, it's literally just one scene and he is so great. In it. You got the role of the Tempest, the titular Tempest. It's the titular role. <laughs> so good. Uh, who's your comeback player, uh, performance that grew on you over time, whether in the movie or in your life. Mine's a guy that plays Miguel. Yeah, that's a good pick. Yeah. What about you, Layla? Mine's, mine's his girlfriend. Because I feel like she just, like... Shelly. Yeah, Shelly. Is she, her name. <laughs> that is her name. Uh, yeah, she just... She kills it for me, too. She... That scene that her and Lady Bird have when they're standing outside... The with the yeah. gloves. And it, I feel like it doesn't get talked about enough where she's like, your mom is really great. Like she just, there's such a genuine moment to like that whole moment's very genuine. What's cool is she says your mom has a big heart. And then when Lady Bird is talking to Lucas Hedges, Lucas Hedges says like your mom scares me or whatever. She's mean. And she goes, no, she has a big heart. She like takes that. It's a really cool moment. I gave it to Tracy Letts. I think that his, I didn't used to like Tracy Letts. And I think a lot of that is jealousy because he's uh, with Carrie Coons, who's just such a babe and such a great actress. Babe. Um, and he's just such a, like, 
Dick Cheney looking motherfucker. But uh, <laughs> I I really I really really um, love his performance and it re- it grows. He's just he's just gets better and better as the movie goes on. Uh, do you have a favorite scene? Um, tr- favorite scene. I don't. I don't know what my favorite scene in Lady Bird, or it. It's got to be the bonfire scene. Yeah, it's like the bond for me. The the emotional it's so, ones. Yeah, are, it's so important to that movie too. Yeah, the bonfire scene, and then the the Lucas Hedges scene when oh, he cries. Yeah. Like when I first watched that in the theater, I was like, "Oh, this is a different movie than I was than I had been watching." Like this is yeah. this is so powerful in such a quick moment. Um, because when you first see him making out with the guy, you just like in your head know that it's it sucks for Lady Bird, but you just don't really think about the impact of that scene. It's more yeah. funny. Yeah. Uh, especially because they're like crying and uh, Crash Into Me is playing. Uh, <laughs> uh, what about you, Layla? <laughs> Do you have a favorite scene? Um, I kind of think like when you, when you first said it, like the first thing that popped into my head was when Lady Bird is leaving the voicemail for her mom and she's talking about her first drive through Sacramento. That scene just really sits with me. I don't know if it's necessarily my favorite, but it's what popped into my head when you said, what is your favorite scene? Um, and in eighth grade, I think it's the first video. I think it's her first oh, video God. when she starts the film off. It is really funny. That's <laughs> uh, so painful. Do you, I, I mean, I, I don't really have a worse scene, but like I, the, the car scene is really tough to get through in eighth grade even though as we said earlier it's like an important part of the conversation and it's a really shitty moment yep well that Uh, scene also where she comes in crying and her dad is like trying to find her music yeah it's It's that is so incredibly yeah i I agree with you that's actually that's that's also the scene that's the scene in eighth grade where i'm like oh this is a different movie this is like so powerful yeah this is a great movie yeah um always those scenes layla do you have any recommendations of anything that you think people should watch like these movies or just things that you're watching right now uh yeah i mean we talked about this i am this this kid right here finally got me to watch rami which is great and also made by a24 yeah another a24 shout out uh, it's a great film for anyone that grew up uh, in any type of immigrant family, but specifically to anyone's parents who are from the Middle East. There is something very special about that show. Um, I adore watching it. It's been a great watch during quarantine. So if you need something like that. It is so good. It is It's incredible. really funny, and it just handles uh, his spirituality really and well. Then- as far as like just recommendations based off of what we're talking about, if you want to become a Greta fan, you know, go watch Francis Ha. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's I like that way more than Mistress America. Yeah. I love Francis Ha. I've seen it too many Ooh, 20th times Century to Women is great too. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Nick, do you have any recs? You no. rarely do. So no. I, I was going to skip over you, <laughs> but I, I thought I'd be polite. you guys do it. Um, I think that people, if you want more uh, very realistic uh, coming-of-age stories, I think Mid-90s is a great one by A24. Uh, that's Jonah Hill's uh, directorial debut uh, for films. Uh, it, that was especially important to me because it's kind of the corruption of youth, and it's about uh, like a skater kid who just wants to fit in and um, the kind of bad things that he does to do that. It's re- it's handled really well. I don't think it's for everyone, but I, I found it pretty powerful. 
Also, shout um, out to Beanie's brother. Yep. Jo- uh, Jonah Feldstein, um, before he hid his name. Uh, uh, submarine, I don't mean to out you, <laughs> Jonah. <laughs> I'm a Jew as well. Um, uh, submarine is like probably, w- it's up there with like Rushmore is one of my favorite like offbeat uh, coming of age stories. It's really, 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 really good. It's a Welsh movie. Um, you'll recognize the main kid in it. Um, the score is is done by uh, Alex Turner. It's absolutely hilarious. It's it's perfect for cinema lovers. Um, I've seen it many times. A twenty four TV Euphoria is an incredible yes. coming of age story. It's 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 Just provocative. Incredible. It's provocative, incredible. but it is it is at the very least visually so well done. Sella and the Spades, that is like uh, Dear White People. I think Dear White People is also a good um, shout out for shows. Yeah, uh, and then Boy Erased. Team. Lucas Hedges is so good in Boy Erased. It's a challenging movie, but it's really good. It's yeah, I feel like conversion. we could almost name off a recommendation based off of each of these actors that we love. Oh, if definitely. You seen, yeah, be... If you haven't seen Call Me By Your Name, see Have Call you ever heard of Manchester by the Sea? Uh, and then, yeah. And Lucas Hedges is actually really good in mid-90s as well. Um Anyways, next week. Oh wait, uh, before I, I say what we're doing next week, Layla, thank you so much for being on the oh, pod. Yeah. This yeah. meant a lot, and guys. re-recording this fifteenth time. <laughs> yeah. uh, next week, music. We are doing Groundhog's Day versus Palm Springs, the new movie with Andy Samberg. That is an absolute delight, and people are loving it. So go to Hulu. It's a Hulu original movie. Go and watch it right now. And then watch Groundhog Day on Netflix right now. You can follow us on social media where we got so many suggestions for movies and we let you know what's going on. Um, please follow us on those. Don't be an asshole. Like all the posts. Uh, all the make us really popular. Yeah, and the stories, like follow those. I, I'm trying to be more interactive on Instagram. You can find us on Instagram.com slash facing off pod and uh, just look up facing off and you can also find us on twitter twitter.com slash facing off pod it makes our podcast so much bigger bigger when you like our posts and you interact and you share our stuff so do that don't be afraid to do that i know you guys love us thank you facers you're dope and also send us emails we got a sick email from our number two fan sorry mom you got uh demoted because layla said she was number one also uh, shout out to gabe's mom because i love all your commentary and your she's gonna be on the pod sometime soon uh she had horrible opinions about ladybirds so you would you would actually <laughs> oh, no. not like her as much no no she walked back on them um but she sent us an email to facingoffpodcast at gmail.com, and she said uh, about our last week's episode, uh, There Will Be Blood versus No Country for Old Men. She says, I really enjoyed this episode. They are interesting movies, and unfortunately, they are grotesque reflections of how our current governing people are doing in Washington, D.C. As grammatically incorrect. Sociopathic, greedy, heartless people. Yep. Thank you, Mom. Uh, well said uh, we agree Very you guys should send us emails and we will read them at this point in the podcast Layla do you have a send off Gucci thanks for listening Gucci uh, we deflowered each other we have each other's flowers <laughs> Gucci <laughs> Gucci <laughs>